0: Hello. Hello. What's up? So we just watched the Plinket review of Star Wars Episode Three. You haven't seen any of the Plinket reviews.
1: Uh, it looked. I'm pretty sure you showed me a clip of one I, of those I before. Have, yeah, but yeah, of seen one, the one whole of the thing. one of the Star Wars before. But yeah, yeah, it's the first time I've seen the whole thing. It's pretty good. It's um, it's a it's a comedy review of movies, and it goes into pretty deep detail. And the character the guy's playing is pretty curmudgeonly, pretty, uh, you know, they showed some shots, like, like, of sets, like, in his house, right? It's right, just yeah. completely trashed <laughs> and everything. And, you yeah, know, basically, uber Star Wars nerd just complaining about Star Wars. But ends up making some very good points. Uh, but
0: complaining more about, I don't think he was, I mean, he's complaining about Star Wars, he's complaining about the, the plot. Well, on the mood. surface,
1: he's complaining about Star Wars.
0: Yeah. But it turns out he's really complaining about the cinematic worthiness of these films. Which is, you know, what the reason why I wanted, you know, I didn't start with number one is because I think the third review is the really the really one that gets into the most about the the real failings of the of the these mm-hmm. movies in general. And uh, you know, is very explicit about and, and is is a good sort of lesson too about, you know, these are the things that make films right. These are the things things that films when films work they have these things and this film doesn't have these things
1: right I mean when he goes into the point of showing like how much shot reverse shot there mm-hmm. is a camera B camera stuff and you're like oh yeah <laughs> it's everywhere yeah and you realize how much that just makes the movie feel cheap
0: and you're just sitting there bored waiting for the next special effects thing to happen mm-hmm. and then you're not really drawn it, you're like, okay, that's neat special effects, but you're not drawn into it because you don't care about the characters because you just did, just were watching them sit around and talk, and you never get any idea who they are or can relate to them in any way. right? And you mentioned, like, at the very end he said, because um, there was a thing at, at the end of this one about how Luke is just recycling all the stuff, and he say, well, that make me um, look at The Force Awakened and say they're, they're recycling stuff, too, and they are, but the point is more that there are a bunch of sins that this movie committed. And that's one thing. And, if, you know, you can forgive certain things like that. But when you compound all these things on top of each other, which is what the movies did. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you just look at them and you're like, wow, these movies really were terrible. Yes. Yeah.
1: He, uh, he was pretty lenient on Hayden Christensen, which I was surprised about. You know, he pretty much blamed it on, you know, he did a good job with the shit he was given. Right. I, I, I guess, or maybe, you know, seeing the way that Lucas was interacting with him, you could even imagine that Lucas took the soul out of the performance. It's like, possible. Like, like you know, first take might have been more performant, right? And then Lucas is like, no, 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 just say the lines. Oh
0: yeah, exactly. I don't think Hayden Christensen is an actor with a whole lot of range, but I've seen him give good performances before. In Shattered Glass, he did, he did really good performance as a kind of whiny. Uh, a who was making up stuff, but it, but so he can actually do that character well, or at least a version of that character, if he's given good Mm -hmm. direction and a good story, um, which he wasn't. Right. And you can, I mean, if you just love Star Wars, period, if Star Wars is like a religion to you, then you don't really care about how the movies were made. But, you know, I'm not that way. I don't, I don't love Star Wars in that way. I like the movies. I like the, when the movies are fun because mm-hmm. uh, they're fun movies and and they're intriguing movies. They have a sort of intriguing story behind them uh, and an intriguing universe. But if you just take that universe and turn it to shit, I, I mentioned to you that a lot of the uh, a lot of Star Wars is really sort of a poke a post apocalyptic uh, <laughs> setting, right? I mean, it's after mm-hmm. a great civilization has fallen, right? And it's picking up the pieces. Uh, And then when you go back to see that great civilization and it's just this boring mess, and you're like, you can't wait for it to end? You can't wait (laughs) for for, the apocalypse apocalypse to happen? (laughs) Yeah. I get why Max likes it. As Plunkett said, he either (laughs) either worships Star Wars or a little baby, and Max is at at this point. Mm -hmm. He's a little baby. But I don't see how... You could really like those movies if you weren't just blinded by Star Wars.
1: No. What, what part of those movies would you like? Even what scene of those movies would you sit down and say, wow, that was fun? <laughs> right? None of them. Yeah. Like, you might say, oh, there's some good eye candy in mean, some mm-hmm. of the space battles. You might. I but- guess
0: you could say the, the duel with Darth Maul was neat.
1: But nothing is, wow, that was fun. That was a yeah. ride. Yeah. Like so much in Star Wars and Empire mm-hmm. and The Force Awakens, you know, uh, taking the Millennium Falcon into the asteroid belt, you know, which is not a huge scene in the movie. I mean, it's yeah. a decent size scene, but it's not a huge scene in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And just think about how much fun that scene is.
0: Yep. Because you're into the characters. These characters are interesting and, and you're with them and you're, you're dodging with them and you, you watch, you know, another thing and you're sitting there, you don't care. You're not excited about it mm-hmm. at all. It's just images.
1: Uh, he made a good point. Plinkett did like IG88 was so much more an interesting character, and all he was was a prop standing behind yeah. Boba Fett. <laughs> he
0: didn't. Have, he didn't even have lines. I think he moved a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're interested in these characters, right? And all these characters that actually have lines and do things you don't remember. You mentioned that scene. I, which I forgot about that, the scene where C-3PO is on some- Oh, in the droid factor? Yeah. Is that, it was like a droid factory. I guess. Or- I, I don't remember that scene either. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 actually, if you look in, like, IG-88 actually has a pretty interesting history. Like, he's a bounty hunter, of course, because he's with them. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, I can't remember. I, I was... Max has, like, a Star Wars encyclopedia type <laughs> thing, right? In And... IGA, I can't remember all the details now. I should have thought about this before I started talking. I was, I'm sorry, but no, it was, it was fairly interesting. Uh, so he has
0: they they created in the, in the extended universe. They yeah. created a, a background for him. Yeah. Uh, but you're interested in in looking at that character for for whatever reason, and I, I assume that the backstory doesn't disappoint. Right. Yeah. Um. I, know, I mean, Boba Fett is an interesting character. Even though he has nothing to do in in the in most of it,
1: he, he looks. I mean, he's just an iconic yeah. looking character. Yeah. He's yeah. super badass, right? He has a pretty cool ship, um, and he takes cust- takes custody of, of Han Solo, so it kind of amplifies his right. worth in the in the story.
0: Right, but I think the the best point, aside from the stuff about is sitting there with his coffee drinking and all that stuff. Aside from the language part, the, the stuff about the story that was to me the, the, the best point is this didn't have to be about Darth Vader. This didn't have to be a Darth Vader story. Right. It. I mean, the universe is so big, you could tell a lot of stories and just have Darth Vader thing be a backdrop or, you know, some another part of the story that happens by focusing entirely on the Darth Vader story. Well, you had to... There's heroes on both sides. So to... <laughs> heroes on both sides. <laughs> uh by focusing entirely on the Darth Vader story you lose uh, you lose the significance of what 's going on it just seems just it 's like so much window dressing mm-hmm. uh, and yeah I mean Darth Vader especially in the first movie wasn 't like a major character he was it was just a a, prompt, a a trumped up lackey he was like captain Phasma, right i mean like somebody who right. wears a different suit uh and does you know does a little dirty business but isn 't really that important right. to the whole thing.
1: That's a good point. I mean, he was um a little more effective than Phasma, but but certainly, like they like Plinkett said, you know, it's kind of like the the SS soldier with mm-hmm. the not you know, with the German army, right? You know, kind of kind of fits there, you know. In, like in like this... the guy
0: in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. He's, he's in the. He's, he's seen it's the been movie. so long. I've seen it. It's been a long time. But you know the the, the SS guy, I mean, the, the, Christopher Watts played, played a great character, and he has you know some iconic scenes in that. But there are other stuff. There's other stuff going on in the movie. He's not the focus of the movie, mm-hmm. and you don't really need to have a, a trilogy about how that character got to be where he was.
1: Yeah. It's a good. It's a good point because. I mean, Vader never really made it to, like, super Sith Lord.
0: Yeah. He he wasn't in control. Grand Moff Tarkin was in control.
1: I mean, but even later, right? I yeah. mean, even in Jedi, he w- was not a powerful Sith Lord mm-hmm. compared to Dooku and, you know, other ones like that. He did have lightning, right? and <laughs> And the other nonsense. But, you know... Yeah, you kind of forget, like if you look objectively at like what, who Vader was.
0: It wasn't it, until the second one where they they cemented that he is Luke's father, and that didn't have to go down that way. Mm-hmm. It, it clearly wasn't planned when Star Wars was being made. It was later that they came up with that idea. Right, that's a good idea. You know, it, it drags him back into the story, but it's it doesn't mean that. I just it feels like you could do so much with this universe, and then just just. Lucas did the, the the laziest thing he possibly could do, uh, which is write a story in one draft and write about this character, like, like I said, because the character is iconic to us, not because it's important. do to you think universe. Lucas
1: is surrounded yeah, you know like a lot of powerful people right surrounded him, so surrounded himself with people who worship him and won't give him yes. real feedback I mean and
0: yes. Absolutely. They, they get to that. When If you were to watch the other reviews, they get to a little bit more of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and you see that and people saying that pretty clearly. Um, he's he's surrounded by yes-men. He has nobody to tell him no. He will fire anybody who does. And you get shit from that. Yeah, you do. If the guy's lazy. I mean, and it seems like he is.
1: How, how could you write a movie, a A script for a movie like Star Wars and not have a writer's room and not have it rehashed, not have it punched up a hundred times.
0: Not have somebody look at it and say, "Mm, you know, you could probably use some punching up here, you know, maybe go this different way. Cut this
1: whole Um, act and how about we do this different thing? Let's
0: rewrite this. We'll keep these beats, but let's rewrite this this whole part. You know, I like this. I like this part, but we got to get rid of it. There's a lot of stuff. You do when you're writing that clearly wasn't done, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that you do when you're editing that clearly wasn't done, and that was added, like the dropping your lightsaber stuff. Yeah.
1: Good point. Very performer, right? Oh, mm-hmm. got to have the lightsaber falling into. The...
0: Yeah, lightsaber. Everybody's got to have a lightsaber. Even though, why? Why does Why did the Sith have to be the exact? opposite, like, the exact mirror opposite of Jedi's with red lightsabers.
1: Right. I mean...
0: You have to use... You can use the Force in all types of ways. You have to use it just to fight... It
1: made sense that Vader had it, Mm ex-Jedi. but And Dooku, ex-Jedi. Maybe, right? But the other ones... Maul should have had some other thing instead of a double-headed
0: lightsaber. Yeah. There's lots of things I imagine you could do with an all-powerful Force that can cause you to to do certain things. Maybe a Jedi with blasters, right? Or, or <laughs> some other weapon of some sort. I don't know. There's lots of ways you could go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway,
1: it's enough geeking out over Star Wars. I think. <laughs> I just watched uh, Making a Murderer. Ah. And. Um, It's interesting, but I mean, after you watch it, you definitely feel like there was an agenda that the documentarians had. It makes it seem like a gross miscarriage of justice, because the way they portrayed the show, there was um, not even close to beyond reasonable doubt. There was so much reasonable doubt in there. And I went looking a little bit online to figure out oh and they make the prosecutor look well in the editing they make him look like such a douchebag mm-hmm. and then he had a sexting scandal and was you know addicted to you know had rehab and stuff like that so they make him seem like you know this guy was just completely no good too and so i went looking online for some of the other details and um uh, avery uh what's his name Stephen. Stephen avery um I don't know if it was, I guess it was probably introduced as evidence, but there were, but like he was like, had told people that like in jail that he was like going to like make like a torture room and kill women and stuff like that or something <laughs> along those lines. So he was like a, he was a, probably a badder person in the community than now a there's a really neat uh re- for me personally there's a really neat compar- uh analog to that when I was on a jury right there we were on a jury for a guy that uh did um attempted sexual assault you know he tried to break in and rape a, a senior citizen old lady and um you know there were, we didn 't get the whole story in trial right I mean because there's hearsay and all that other stuff but i mean this was he was a known troublemaker. Mm-hmm in the neighborhood, right? But you can't introduce into trial his past history of all the trouble he's been in, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, he just has to be on the merits of the case.
0: Right, that's the point of the justice system is that you can't bring that up unless it's relevant.
1: Right, so I don't know how talking about wanting to, um, you know, make a a murder room under your trailer or something, that could have been introduced into evidence, but I don't, but I'm not sure if that was, but it seemed like it may have been. If you
0: talk about... Things that you are planning to do that's related to the crime, then I think that could be introduced into evidence, uh, or at least it could be introduced, but it could be dismissed as hearsay. I don't know. There, there's lots of
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's in, the weirdest thing was you might have seen my Twitter. I'm watching it, and one of the reporters who TV news reporters who's covering the case looks really familiar to me. I'm like that's Emily Matesic from like seventh grade, like in my, from my middle school. <laughs> and I didn't think much of it. I'm like, nah, what are the odds that she was in Wisconsin 10 years ago? Cover, you know, TV news. And then like the next episode, they're in Avery's trailer in the TV the parents trailer, the TV news is on. And the anchor introduces Emily Matesic. I'm like,
0: holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anybody from that age. I don't know how you do.
1: <laughs> I just recognized her and the, and the name, you know, just popped into my head. And like, Did you have a crush on her? Not really, maybe a little, I mean no. There was girls I had harder crushes on.
0: Well, you still were like maybe. I mean, you're. you're I'm you're, trying to. You're seventh grade. Your your dicks are like woo, 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 anything. So
1: I'm trying to think. I don't know if I'd really have a. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, but uh wrong It was that. really weird because like she was all, like look like that looks really a lot like that girl from Emily from school, and then uh, I didn't really put much thought into it until. You know, next episode when they actually, like, the anchor on the TV news, they called, you know, let her in with a name. I'm like, holy oh, shit. And she's been getting a lot of press. She was on Dr. Phil the other day. Oh, well, wow. And, uh, you know, like, local news has been having her on. Like,
0: local girl, done girl, good type thing. Bet she doesn't have a beer show.
1: Nope, probably not. <laughs> she's bureau chief for the same TV station in Wisconsin.
0: Um, I mean, it, it's sort of Serial's legacy in a sense that they they made the um these people, the true crime thing pro- a, a thing that people are clearly interested in. Yeah.
1: Now they've been working on this movie for a lot longer than Serial. No, like no been, yeah, but, but but Serial gave them the market. Yes, to get the to net, probably to, to make Netflix pick this up.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not that true crime didn't exist before Serial. It's just that true, Serial made it a profitable thing. For, for and care. to
1: do it on Dr. Documentarian style, right? Because, right. I mean, True Crime was a lot of reenactment and, and things like that and this documentarian style you know, definitely has a, a powerful way of telling it.
0: I mean, but Serial at least attempted to bring up the other side I don't know if they were totally objective in every way mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they were uh, but they did bring up the other side's arguments. They didn't necess- They didn't. They introduced doubt. A lot of cer- certainly, a lot of doubt. But they didn't make it look like the other side was complete. Was every part of the other side's story was completely imbecilic?
1: Yeah, there's. If you take it at face value, you you'd be outraged at how inappropriate the police department and the prosecutor was. You know this thing,
0: and you know the worst part is that in a lot of cases that's absolutely true, uh, and um, this could be one of those cases where, th- I mean, it could be a case where there was a gross miscarriage of justice, and the guy is still guilty. <coughs> right. So, I would have said, well, I mean, I it they, they made the documentary with an agenda. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what the story actually turned out to be, they felt like they had to stick to that agenda as opposed to telling the story, right. which is not how you should do these documentaries. But that is how they're done. So, right.
1: and then Stephen Avery's nephew got life in prison.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know okay. much about
1: the so. Story. So the way he got hauled into this, the way the doc, the way the document, documentary um, portrayed it was, the cops got a lead on him. Not really solved. They got him into an interrogation room and this dude was 16 years old, not very bright, right? And they just kept badgering him for hours and hours and hours and slowly like pulled you know, pulled like he gave them what he thought he needed to say, you know, to get him at, get out of there, right? It just it you know, they said it wasn't a coerced, you know, they actually reviewed it to see if it was a coerced testimony or not, and they said it wasn't. I mean, but to a lay person like the way, especially it was edited on the show, it's like No fucking way this isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. just a bad interrogation. I mean, you got someone who under typical intelligence, 16 years old, sitting in a room for hours and hours with no lawyer, no parent. And um, these people were just beating on him and beating on him and kind of guiding him along to fill the narrative of the story. And uh, so he had these statements And then when he was in trial, he testified and he denied them all. He wasn't eloquent enough to say, you know, that it was put into his... The words were put into his mouth by, you know, he just said he didn't know why he lied and things like that. And um, there was, from the documentary, there was no other evidence introduced about him, no physical evidence other than his confession. Mm -hmm. And he got life in prison.
0: Uh, It it definitely sounds awful Mm -hmm.
1: uh right right like i said it uh, but i'm not ready to take it at face value i mean mm -hmm. there's gotta be maybe not maybe maybe that the jury pool was so tainted because it was such a high profile case out there that they couldn't get an impartial jury but it was just bonkers that
0: um i mean keep in mind unless you're just super blatant and sometimes even if you are uh if you have a super rich and lots of money, you can get out of these things. Um, the you know the principal example is O.J. Simpson. You know if if you if you get enough of a spin in in there, uh, and there's a there's something to, to latch onto, and in 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 Simpson's case, the the prosecution was kind of inept at the way they did things, but mm-hmm. uh, that only helped the situation. But he had a he had a good defense that wasn't really tried at the time. Uh so it was novel that helped mm-hmm. uh and it worked and if you get if you can just spend money, you can get out of justice, and that is a bad thing, but it doesn't but the idea that that i mean it it's so it's so hard because I agree that in many places, prosecutors and police. Take advantage of people, uh, and this, even though the guy may totally be guilty, this could also still be a case where they took advantage okay. of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, if if in if investigations go like they went in making a murderer, then the cops are trained to get a confession, not to find the truth. Right. So once they have a feel, a gut feel for which way it goes, their goal is to get a confession for that Mm -hmm. and not
0: kind of they're not there to do justice they're there to to make numbers look right and look it's a it's a bad thing that happens it's uh but you can i mean it's sometimes necessary but often not really and I you know I haven't seen it so I can't really say much about it. I don't I haven't even really looked into it so I really can't say much about it. Right. Uh but you know I've heard the various things about how it's manip- manipulative and how there are certain things that aren't that weren't said in there so I I, you know, I don't know what else I can say.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it just like the first couple episodes you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's getting railroaded." And then I have to step back and th- and wonder to myself if I'm getting the whole story mm-hmm. or not because it's just so Unfair, Yeah. Can it, maybe it can be on that unfair, but you got to ask yourself, is it possible that it's, you're not getting the whole story.
0: It's always good to, to look into the other side. Even, I mean, sometimes the other side has nothing to say or nothing interesting to say.
1: I guess the prosecutor made a quote about making a murder. And he's like, you know, you wouldn't want to muddy up a good conspiracy theory with all the facts. But again, again, you know, it kind of goes to his arrogance that he was shown you know, that he was shown in the show too. So
0: I, mean, I would say, you know, you just watch the picture review. Watch something trying to defend the Star Wars thing too. See, see if they make some good points, because <laughs> you should open yourself up to that at the very least. Um, and I've I've done that, and for me, they don't make good points at all. But maybe they, maybe they will for you
1: someone actually make something defending the star not wars prequels not that someone
0: <laughs> i've seen attempts to make something nothing made like that long, but there are people who attempt to make stories about how the prequels were were better than people say they were uh, and it's always uh it always it to me it never addresses the real problems with the movie it's always about essentially if you read between the lines it's about well star wars is really important to me and well. Yeah, and it's like, okay, but these were shitty movies.
1: Right. Like you said before, really bad fanfiction.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not... When I go to a Star Wars movie, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself and just be presented with fun. I don't... You don't have to present a story of Of Darth Vader being a violent... (laughs) Guy who just murders people Including children non-stop That didn't have to be in this movie Right I hear you And get onto the show? Yes